Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. God richly bless you. Uh, I want to talk to you tonight, and we're going to call it Failing Forward. I, gotta, I just want to ask tonight, has anybody ever failed? Most, most honest folks in the church. I love it. I love it. You have failed. God bless you. You may be seated. So we're going to talk a little bit about failing and failing correctly, failing forward instead of failing backwards. Um, there's this, this is faith healer. This faith healer, he stood on the platform in a coliseum and he said, um, he said, I have faith that two people are going to be healed in the next few minutes. And he said, where are you? Where are you right now? And so a man ran down the, high, the aisle and was so excited. His name was Harry. And Harry had a little lisp. And uh, he ran down and he said, sir, what's your ailment? He said, I can't talk white. He said, all right. He was instructed. He said, what I want you to do? He said, I want you to go behind that curtain right there. So he took off, and then another man stepped out, and he hobbled down on crutches and could tell that he had a problem with his legs, and his name was Frank. And he said, what's your problem? What's your ailment? He said, I haven't walked in 20 years without crutches. He said, all right, tonight's your night. I want you to go behind the curtain. So old Frank went behind the curtain, and Harry went behind the curtain. And then the healer said, Frank, you have been healed. Slide those crutches out from under the curtain. And the crowd kind of waited. They were a little bit nervous seeing what's going to happen. And all of a sudden, the crutches appeared from out under the curtain. And the place just came unglued. They were so excited to see these crutches come out from under the curtain. And then the healer guy picked up those crutches and broke them over the knee. And boy, when he did, the place just went up. The place went up. They were so excited. And then he declared, Harry, you have been healed, healed. And said, Harry, uh, I want to tell you something. Your buddy there, the next sentence you speak back there with the list is going to be the first thing you said normally. Usher, take him a mic. What would you like to say? Everyone waited. And he said, Foink fell down. <laughs> now, folks, that's funny. I know y'all are nervous to laugh, but that's funny. Foink fell down. I'm going to just tell y'all right now, sometimes you just fall down. And sometimes you try. try. I'm trying to make something spiritual out of this. Sometimes you just fall down. Sometimes you just bust it. Well, failing forward, <clears throat> you've uh, you already you like my joke, and so I appreciate that. Thanks for laughing. And you all said a few minutes ago that you have fallen down. I mean, probably 100% said you've fallen down, and so I've been tripped up by the devil. Something puts you on your face at some point, sometime. 
But I want to I say this, and you know this, but you're not a failure because you fall. Only if you don't get back up is when you fail. Can I get a witness? Rocky Marciano, the great fighter, says, if I can get up one more time than I've been knocked down, that's success. And everybody's fallen. Everybody raised their hand and said, you've been busted, you've, failed, you've, you've fallen, but thank God you got back up. Thank God you got back up. And so if you get up one more time than you fall and you're a success. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 16 says this, for a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. So it's not a matter that you fail. It's a matter that you've got to get back up one more time than you've been knocked down. I want to ask you a question tonight, and this is kind of a, one of those unique questions that it has a little trick answer, and that is, what would you think of a preacher, a pastor, whoever, who would curse and swear in front of one of the teenagers? I mean, just let it go. What would y'all think about that? You don't have to answer out loud, but you probably all have a thought about that, about a pastor or a preacher doing that in front of a teenager, just, just swearing. Well, one of your biblical heroes just did that, and his name is Peter, Simon Peter, and he did just exactly that, and he denied the Lord, and he swore in front of this teenager, and he denied the Lord in the process, and in spite of all of that, God gave him a new start, and Peter learned how to fail forward. It's not so much that you fail, but you got to learn how to fall and how to get back up again. And exactly what happened to Peter, he busted it. He messed up. It was even told to him that he was going to do it, and he still did it. I want to read some scriptures to you. Luke chapter 22, it's about that, what I just told you. is Luke 22, 54 through 62. And so I'm going to read it here for you tonight. Then, the, then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And this is speaking of Jesus. And Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him, him being Jesus. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour, after another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what you saith. And immediately, while he yet spoke, the cock grew. Very, very, very unique, neat text. And we find out a lot of things in here. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord and how he had said unto him, Before the cock grow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. 
So we find a lot of things in this text, and I want to talk to you about it for just a little bit. And um, I'm going to have to do a lot of it by heart because I just found out my iPad decided to go on the blink. But about half, much of my notes just went completely black. Never had that happen. But praise the Lord, hallelujah. That's all right. Because it's in here. Y'all better hope it is, right? No, I better hope it is. Or I'm going to be that preacher that starts swearing. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Notice that Peter never refers, God never refers to Peter by his failing. My dad, growing up, I had a little issue that I tend to come in late after, cur- after curfew. Yes, I just couldn't get it. They would say, call. Now, this was before you had cell phones. They have no excuse now. We had to stop, use a pay phone, and all that kind of jazz hooky. But the, I just, for some reason, I was supposed to be in at 1130. I just seemed to not be able to make it happen. I don't know what, what it was. Y'all don't let my kids know about this. But I just, I couldn't seem to make that happen. I just, I don't, I don't mean like I was, you know, to come in at 1 o'clock or nothing, but I just couldn't seem to ever make curfew. It just seemed like I struggled with it. And mom, they told me, if you'll just call. And I just couldn't seem to make the call. But my son, I mean, my, my dad never referred to me by, this is my son, Nathan, who is always late for curfew. He just didn't do that. He didn't address me with my failure. I had things that I messed up and made mistakes in growing up as a teenager. Hey, foot, we all still make mistakes, right? But made mistakes as a son and and messed up and things that they wish I would have done or whatever and all that kind of stuff. But they never addressed me with my failure. They just said, here is my son, Nathan. And man, they were proud of me because they didn't hold my failure constantly over my head. Now, Maybe some of you weren't blessed with parents that treated you that way, but I was, and I thank God for that. But how healthy is that? A healthy father that doesn't always see his son through the failure. And when Jesus looked at Simon Peter, do you understand what he must have went through? That Jesus, one of the last things he saw in this process of his trial and going to the cross and all this stuff, is he, it is he looked at Peter, and when he saw Peter, and you think that he would have held that over his head, but Peter, he continued to love and not address Peter through his failure, but continued to give grace and mercy and love through Simon Peter's failure. Isn't that beautiful? One of our greatest presidents that we've ever had had so much failure in his life. Abraham Lincoln had so much failure in life. He, he, Abraham Lincoln had a failed marriage. He, he had a baby that, that died. He lost a bid for the Senate. He kept his faith in God. I'm sure it struggled at a time, no doubt. And he's kept his faith in himself and eventually became the president of the United States. Why? Somewhere in that process, in all of his failures, he learned how to fall forward. That's all right. I think it's a healthy thing. So, 
You've got to do the same thing. You've had failure. You're going to have more, bless God. You know that? I hate to share that with you. But you're going to have more failure. You're going to have more attitude issues. You're going to have more this and that. And so we, are we all. But because we're human, we're flesh. But we've got to fail forward. We cannot fail backward. We cannot give up. We cannot give up. I want her to put my first uh, thing that I have there on the screen. Because you remember I am noteless in that department. So helpeth me, sister. There you go. So, no, my first main point. Please. You hadn't had to help me this much, have you? Awesome. Failure doesn't have to be hitching posts. It can be a guidepost. It doesn't have to be something that you hitch up to and quit at that point. It can be something that guides you through the future of your life. So if you quit at the point of your failure, you're not failing forward. Failure is that those stepping stones and the process of you becoming a better Christian, a better parent, a better son, a better daughter, you name it. But you can't stop at the point of your failure and hitch up there as if you're going to stop forever at that point. You can't do it. It's got to be a guidepost. Now, how many of you, how many of us have done that? We've stopped, we've hitched up, we've stopped right there. In fact, some of you in your past, you've still got things hitched up to a point in your past. And God's saying tonight, take that rope off of that hitching post and understand he's not considering you through your failure. He's not seeing you through your failure. He's saying let that be a guide that you don't fall back in that stinking ditch again. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that? Number two is this, if we fail God, it will probably be at a point of our greatest strength. Man, I really want to talk to you right here. If we fail God, it will probably be at a point of our greatest strength. Peter's greatest strength, if you look back in the Word of God, one of Peter's greatest strength was his courage. Dude, he is like this you know, stalwart and courage. It's his strength. I mean, he takes the test during, uh, you know, during growth track, he comes out with courage. I mean, he's the strength of the church. He's the strength of the disciples. He's the first to speak up. He's the first to do this. He's the first to get out of the boat. He's, the first. he's just one of those guys. He's at all kind of courage. But notice this, when we look at Peter, we criticize Peter for taking his eyes off of Jesus when he gets out of the boat and he's walking to Jesus. We, we criticize him for getting his eyes off of Jesus. How nice of us to do such as that. We criticize him. But Jesus is not in the process of criticizing. Jesus is so thankful that he is the one that used his courage to get out of the boat. He at least got out of the boat. And I know so many Christians that will criticize him for taking his eyes off of Jesus, but we never get out of the boat. He got out of the boat. There was 11 more in the boat. And then when they, notice this, when they came to arrest Jesus, who was it? It was Simon Peter. Peter pulled out his sword to defend him and try to take off the ear. He tried to take off the head. He took off the ear. And that, this big, burly fisherman that we call Peter cowered down 
before a teenage girl in the area of his greatest strength. Hmm. In the area where he is the champion of courage among the disciples. He stands at a fire. And we find out that one of these girls is, is just a young girl, teenager. Gives him some grief. And in the point of his greatest strength is where his failure is. There's other examples all throughout the Word of God. We've got Moses. Moses, man, this guy who is, the Bible calls him the meekest among all men. The meekest among all men. Meekness means strength under control. I love, I love that. I, I like that whole strength under control thought. And I wish I had time to even talk about that because I love that. But what did he do? What did Moses do? This man that's full of meekness, he lost control of his emotions and killed one of the Egyptians. And not only that, he was the one that struck, he got so mad, all this strength under control, this this greatest strength of his that he's talked about in the Bible. It was him that pulls out a rod and strikes the rock twice when God told him not to do that. But he struck the rock twice because he was ticked off. And the point of his greatest strength is where he had his failure. Abraham. Man, we call him the father of faith. You know, Father Abraham had many sons. You'll sing that for the rest of the night, right? He is the father of faith in the word of God. But he left Canaan and went into Egypt. And check out what he did. He lied about Sarah, his own wife, because he didn't have enough faith that God would take care of him. And he was trying to save his hide. And he lied about Sarah and said that she was his sister. He failed in this area of strength. He didn't have faith in that area. And the rest of the Bible, we know him as a man of faith. If we fail God, it will probably be at the point of our greatest strength. Let's talk about David. He's, he's, he's this man that is a, a picture of purity. The Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. And we all love that. He's the apple of God's eye. But he committed adultery and failed in the area of his strength. None of these people that I just mentioned failed in the area of their weakness. But in their strength. Because we all have a tendency to leave our strengths. This is the key factor. Hear me when I say this. We all tend to leave our strengths unguarded. I protect my weaknesses. I know I'm weak there, but in an area where I'm strong, I can look at my own life, and I feel like in certain areas of my life, I am very strong in. And we could say that about you. I'm not bragging. And we all have strengths. But there's certain moments where I can say, man, I'm strong. And in those areas, I'll even notice about myself, I leave those unguarded and try to protect all my weaknesses. But man, I, I tend in the process of all of those weaknesses, tend to do so well managing those 
It's in those strengths that I have to be so careful because I see so many biblical heroes that fail in the area of their strength. That's a thought, isn't it? you got to think about that. An unguarded strength, listen to this, is a double weakness. I'm going to give you some scriptures here tonight. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and verse 10, he says this, Where I am weak, when I am weak, then am I strong. For then, it's, then I'm, it's in that place that I'm depending on the Lord and not on myself. But it's in that place where I think I'm strong that I don't think I have to depend on God anymore. And I don't let God in and I don't let God manage that. And I don't let God become a part of that because that's where I'm strong. So in your brain tonight, apply this to your, your life because tend, we tend to always talk about the weakness. Is that right? We always tend to try to make the weakness better. But just for a minute, let me ask you where you're amazingly strong at. And I'm not trying to scare you with this. We're talking about failing forward. And if you're going to have a failure, it's very possible it's going to be in that area. So look again at that. Let's guard. Let's, also, let's guard our weaknesses, no doubt. But let's continue to look over at our strengths. Come on, Nathan Keating. Look at your strengths and make sure that God's in the middle of your strengths. Come on, folks, here tonight, look at your strengths and just make sure again that, hey, you know you're good in that area, but make sure God is up in that area helping you in all of those areas. Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goeth before destruction. Be careful. Don't let get all pride in that area that you're strong in. Well, make sure that you let God become a part of that. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says this. It says, let him that thinketh he Standeth, take heed lest he fall. Well, that's scripture right there. Can I go it again? It says, 1 Corinthians 10, 12, take heed that, that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. So, number three. Number three, before we sin, the devil is a tempter. I'm talking about failing forward. I'm just kind of giving you some things that the, how the devil mess, messes with you so you can know how to handle those when you struggle with failure. Before we sin, the devil is a tempter. After we sin, the devil becomes an accuser. Before we sin, he says, go ahead, man. No, no, no one will know. You, you can get away with this. You got this. This is okay. You can do this. You've blown it. I mean, as soon as you get through, he says, you've blown it. Everybody's going to find out about it. So in one moment, he was the tempter. The next moment, he was an accuser. I'm trying to give you some instruction on how the enemy works. Why? So you can fail forward. If you know this right here, when you fail, you're going to fail correctly. Just these last three points that we've made are cute things to understand. Oh, I understand what's going on in my life. That's why I wish all of you were writing this down or taking pictures of this, because you're going to fail. <laughs> Praise the Lord, hallelujah. You're going to have it, but you need to understand what's going on in that process. So as soon as he's tempting you in one area, as soon as you take the bite of the apple, he turns around and he starts condemning you in that same area. And I've watched people and through my tenure, of just in my tenure of, of ministry here at this church in the last 16 years, I've watched people take the bite 
He talked him into the taking the bite. Everything was okay with the bite. And as soon as it got through, he swung it, became an accuser, and he tripped them up, and they failed out. They failed out of the church. They didn't fail, fall into the church. Does that make sense? They didn't fall into the church. They fell out of the church. And now when you approach them and you try to pull them and change the way that they fell, they will struggle with the fact of, well, everybody knows now. Everybody's going to struggle with this. I can't see people face-to-face anymore. I, I can't do all of that anymore. Can I just tell you something? First of all, this church is bigger than that. Come on, people. Amen. I was so excited. I was so excited today. I was leaving out to go to the hospital. By the way, please pray for Butch. He's doing phenomenal. He went home today. I'm almost positive they released him to go home today. And uh, I saw him today, but I think he left after that. Um, And he's doing so good. He had a uh, bypass, open heart bypass. He's doing so well. Amen. Isn't that good? And then, but I want you to pray for Jerome Welch. I don't know how many of y'all remember or know Jerome. um, He plays bass. Anyway, Jerome's a great guy. Jerome had a heart attack yesterday. So I saw him in ICU today. So please, please remember Jerome Welch today. Uh, Please remember him. I told him the church would be praying tonight about him. So please, please remember uh, Jerome. But uh, I've I've watched people that when they fail out like that, that they don't feel like, oh, I know where I was going with this. So I was going to the hospital, leaving out, going to the hospital today, and and a lady walked to the church, and she was despondent and broken and crying, and her her life is a mess, I'm just going to tell you. And, and I think I invited her to church, and there's two things she said. Uh, she was coming to me. She said, I've been wanting to catch you, and I caught you. And, and, and she said, I, everyone told me, everyone I ran into, to come to you, that if I came to you, you would give me spiritual advice. So okay. So I think she was wanting something deeper than I'm about to give her. But I said, this is, after I heard her story, I said, this is what I can tell you. I said, you need a support group that's going to help you through this. She goes, yes, sir. I, she, and she'd already told me she didn't have the money for counseling. I said, all right. You don't have money and you need a support group. This is what I need you to do, ma'am. She said, what? I said, tonight I've got a free support group from 7 to 8. It's called the church. It's free. It's not going to cost you anything. And everybody's going to love you. Everybody's going to just love you. And Sunday, if the same support group meets at 10, and we go to 11.30. And we're going to unpack the word of God. It's not going to cost you anything. I promise you, you're going to leave better than you came. Isn't that cool? I thought that was some pretty good spiritual advice. Now, she may be here tonight. I don't know. I didn't see her. But if she is, I'm so glad you came. But I want to say this. There's two things she told me. Now watch what the enemy, how the enemy works. There's two things when I told her. When I mention the church, now she's never been in this building. She never walked in this building. There's two things I to, when I told her. Watch both of these are tricks of the enemy. They're causing her not to fall towards the church. Two things. First thing is, Pastor, I can't come to your church. I don't have a dress. So we kick the devil in the backside on that one. But you can walk into church Jesus don't care how you get in this building. Get you in this building. Amen. 
I am so sick and tired of people not thinking they can touch the feet of Jesus in the house of God based on whether you're, you've got a sew, something sewn up your legs that turns one thing into two. Dear goodness, we need Jesus in this room to touch your life and nothing should stop you. Now, I'm not here to, I'm not making fun of anything else. They just keep it like it is. People need Jesus and we can't allow something so silly to stop people. That's the first thing. The second thing is everybody knows about what's happened in my family. I said, that's fooey. I didn't know. This church doesn't know. The enemy's lied to you. And if somebody does know, they're not going to care because you just should already hear about what their life has gone through. And please walk in this building. Hooked her up with a podcast. She got all, she's starting to listen to those. We're going to win this lady in the name of Jesus. You know why? Because the devil's got all kind of no fishing signs, and we just took down two of them in Jesus' name. Can I get a witness? So, so, don't read into anything that I said other than what I just said, okay? So, we're not against anybody and for anybody, but what we just keep it right where I said it, okay? I meant just what I said, and that is we want people to walk in this place any way they can get here. Just get here if you can. And the second thing is when you get here, people are not going to condemn you, judge you on your clothes or on the background or your sin or how you cussed at the, at, the, at the judgment hall or how you ratted on Jesus or you cut off somebody's ear or you this or that. We're just glad that Simon Peter made it back to church. All right. All right. So. Three wonderful truths, and we'll hit these and run. Three wonderful truths. Even when we fail, God is still sovereign. Isn't that awesome? He's still God. He's God all by himself, and he's still sovereign. Sovereign means God is still in control. In other words, when you have really messed up, guess what? You may be out of control, but he's not. And he's your God. He's your God. He's your God. Now, let me tell you something you hadn't ever thought about. Okay, the rooster crowing is a testimony in the power of the sovereignty of God. Now, you hadn't thought about this. The rooster crowing in Simon Peter's life is a testimony of the sovereignty of God. That he denied him, just as Jesus said it was going to happen on the third time, the little rooster. The little dumb rooster. All right? I know some foreign people will fuss at me about that. But just got to folks. He, a little dumb creature, very small brain, waits on Peter on his third denial. Not only does that, but every rooster doesn't crow. One rooster crows. The sovereignty of God is still alive in the middle of your failure. He's saying this, Simon Peter, I told you this was going to happen, but it happened just like I tell you. And the same God that nailed it there also can be your lifter. Come on now. He's your God. He's your God. 
and he's a sovereign God. Well, I'm about to get fired up. I've got to stay calm down. And so, Peter, I'm showing you how to fail. I'm still in control in your life. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 13, uh, verse, uh, 13 says, If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. If we believe not, yet, don't you love the yets? <laughs> if we believe not, if we failed, if we messed up, if I'm struggling in my belief factor, God, are you even there? I don't even know if you're real. Man, all the stuff we go through. If we believe not, yet, yet, there's a yet there. He abideth faithful. He's faithful in spite of your lack. Your lack of what? Dot, dot, dot. You name it. He is faithful. He is God. He's God all by himself. He's God who loves you in spite of your failure, which means he's your God even when you fail. He's a sovereign God. He's what a God, what a God. I'm sometimes not faithful. How about you? Can anybody be that honest? Sometimes I'm not faithful. But God, but we can say this, great is his faithfulness. Somebody say it. Just, just raise your right hand. You need to be this honest and say, sometimes I'm not faithful. Let's say this, but... That's the conjunction. That's the change. But great is his faithfulness. Now, the first part of it, you can go, sometimes I'm not faithful. But on this next part, you've got to come up alive with me. You ready? Okay, here we go. Right hand. Sometimes I'm not faithful. Ready? One, two, three, go. Sometimes I'm not faithful. But, okay, here we go. You ready? Great is his faithfulness. Would you stand with me and throw your hands and praise him for that? What a God who is faithful in spite of my unfaithfulness. In spite of my unfaithfulness. I'm not so great, but how great thou art. Woo! How great thou art. Come on, you bunch of flesh folks. You're a bunch of people that got trouble and struggle, and we all do. You need, to, you need to ease up on yourself and understand we have all failed. But I know a God that I'm not about ready to quit on because he's not quit on me. If he didn't quit on Moses, if he didn't quit on Moses, if he didn't quit on David, come on, if he didn't quit on Abraham, he's not going to quit on Come on, say your name. He's not going to quit on Nathan Kidd. He's not. He's going to stand with me. Why? He's a sovereign God. He's bigger than my struggle. He's bigger than my issue. He's bigger than my temptation. Come on, would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise in the house tonight? He loves you. He loves you. 
Guess what? Guess what? This is a good one here. We always use this scripture in a different way, but all things work together for the good who love the Lord, right? All, let's say it. All things work together for the good to them who love the Lord. Why does my failure have to be left out of that? Why can't God take my failure and make something good out of it? He does. He does. It becomes my guidepost. Because if I learn from my failure and God gives me wisdom in my failure, I'm not going to fall back in that ditch again. But people without wisdom will fall in that stinking ditch 47 times and you'll drag them back out. And the Bible talks about that. But there's a moment when you pull out and you get wisdom from God and you say, wait a minute, I'm learning from this. God is God. He's going to help me. Heavenly Father, there's a ditch on the right. Don't let me go there. Give me a glorified will alignment. I don't want to go in the ditch. And you know what? Every time I pass that ditch, I'm going to say, such were some of us. That such were as I. And I thank God for it. And it has a reason every time to throw my hands in the air and said, blessed be the name of the Lord. 